Welcome to Airbus. Welcome to the We Make It Fly Airbus podcast. We're living in an extraordinary time and life for many of us is slowly returning to some sort of normality. Maybe some of you are starting to think once again about booking a flight for business or to visit family, friends or go on holiday. But is it healthy and safe to do so? Safety, health and security for everyone are three top priorities for us at Airbus. And in this episode, we focus on the health element and learn about air movement around an Airbus cabin. I'm Jeff Burridge, and during a recent live interview on social media, my colleague Justin Dubon spoke with Jean-Brice Dumont, Head of Engineering at Airbus, at our mock-up centre on board the A350 cabin mock-up. We're at the Airbus mock-up centre in Toulouse, and uh, this isn't a real aircraft, in fact. It's actually a real cabin, though. Uh, we know lots of you are getting ready to uh, take flights and uh, we're here today to talk about cabin air and cabin flow. My name is Justin Dubon and I'm joined by Jean-Brice Dumont, who's the head of uh, engineering at Airbus. And he's going to explain to us what cabin air movement is like in the cabin. So first question, Jean-Brice, can you explain just very briefly, how does the cabin air system in an aircraft work? Yeah, thank you, Justin. Uh, I'll start by saying that we're here in the, uh, in the cabin of an A350, which is our latest uh, large aircraft, and we're in the economy class to have something representative. Um, the uh, air design in the cabin is a very complex matter. Uh, why? Because the, the aircraft flies in a quite uh, hostile environment. It flies at high altitude. That means uh, very cold air, minus 50 degrees Celsius, uh, and uh, low oxygen. So we must, from the beginning of aviation, we must take care that uh, the air in the cabin has the right pressure, temperature, humidity, and is uh, clean enough to protect the passenger health, safety, and to ensure comfort. So that's our duty, and uh, we've been working on health for a while. Uh, now, how is it happening? The air you have around you is made of, I would say, two shares. Half of it is thrown outside, uh, and replaced by fresh air from outside, which is heated. And the other half is recirculated, a bit like when in your car you press the button with the, uh, with the uh, circular arrow. Uh, it's recirculated going through filters. These filters are named HEPA. Uh, they are very efficient filters of a hospital type, I would say. And they block uh, particulates like the COVID, but more generally viruses, uh, microbes, at 99.9% at least. Uh, which means that they are super efficient and the air that goes out of it is very clean. Uh, this is the first, the first very basic point. Uh, either air from outside or very clean air recirculated. Second point, the air is blown vertically. It's blown from above downwards. So there is no real movement of the air forward or backward in the aircraft by design. A bit like every row has it, its own air conditioning. And third point, the system is powerful. Uh, in a way that uh, you can consider that the air around you is renewed every two to three minutes. In other words, uh, 20 to 30 times per hour, you've got completely new air around you, either from outside 
or cleaned via the filters. So you was, that's an interesting point. You were saying that these cabins have been designed to, for, with health in mind. And even before COVID, there were other viruses as well. So we've been using this technology for many, many years already. Yes, indeed. Uh, we've been using those technologies for decades. All Airbus aircraft flying today, uh, flying commercial routes, uh, have HEPA filters. Uh, we've not started with COVID, obviously. Uh, the, the necessary care for health uh, has been part of our requirements. I mean, it's our duty to ensure the safety of our passengers, but the safety also means health. Uh, and we, we've had SARS before, but even before SARS, we had to really care uh, so that the, uh, the level of uh, potential contamination in a cabin is at the lowest level. Uh, that, that has been and is and remains our duty. Could you explain or just illustrate what it means that the air is circulated vertically rather than horizontally? Yes, it's, uh, it's quite simple. In fact, uh, what you don't see is that there are tubes all, all along the aircraft that uh, circulate the air, but the air is blown here from this, uh, from this top venting, uh, venting part or that one and it's flown vertically downwards, and then it's sucked underneath there at the floor level, uh, and it goes to the filters, or it goes outside, and it comes back here again. So uh, any, uh, any row has its uh, private air conditioning system, so to say. And that's the same across or along the entire length of the aircraft, so every row is the same. Exactly, from, from row one to the last row, uh, we've got uh, the, same, the same type of ventilation. Every two to three minutes is an amazing achievement to change the or refresh the air. How is this possible? And is, when an aircraft is on the ground, is it also changed every two to three minutes? Yes, it's possible by finally having a, a system, a ventilation system, which is powerful enough. So the, the power of a ventilation system is quite intense. And many people can, uh, can remember having been in an aircraft on the ground and hearing the vent being turned on, that makes a, a big noise. Uh, so it's, it's noisy because it's powerful. And that's what makes the air flow something like one meter per second downwards. Uh, it's a powerful uh, air ventilation. And it's the same on ground. Uh, it, it has no difference. We are just uh, at the moment uh, thinking with the airlines that uh, indeed it has to be turned on before passengers come on board so that the air is already refreshed and recirculated uh, before any passengers enters the aircraft. Is it up to the airlines themselves to, um, to ventilate the aircraft or is it standard? The, the airlines can decide to uh, switch on the ventilation earlier on ground, which I think most of them will do because it's, it's common sense. Uh, now, once you're in a normal operation, I mean, what drives the, uh, the power is mostly the temperature and, uh, and, and the, the comfort of the, of the passengers. The airline have a, a, a little, little to choose. Uh, they can, like in a car, put it in low or high. Uh, and I would say that uh, in the COVID conditions, high would be recommended. But there is not much they, they, they have to do. Uh, the aircraft is designed for that. They've been using these aircraft that way uh, before COVID. And uh, yeah, they don't have much, much uh, choice uh, than to use it as it was designed. And the, the HEPA filters, uh, they are very, very efficient. Um, do they themselves have to be changed or maintained? Like, like every filter, a HEPA filter must be, uh, must be maintained. The frequency of inspection and change of the HEPA filter is a very long one. 
we are reflecting at the moment on uh, whether we should need to have special procedures. Uh, but indeed, the HEPA filters are there to, to filter very, very small uh, nanomicroparticles. Uh, nano they have, like, like all filters uh, in our cars, uh, or in uh, other systems uh, having filtration, they need to be inspected and potentially replaced. The air may be very clean and refreshed so often in, in an aircraft, but there are a few places where so many people are put together in, 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 a, in one space. Can you describe why people shouldn't be worried about that? I think uh, it's, it's, we need to put the, uh, the journey of, uh, of uh, somebody flying a plane in its whole context. Uh, somebody leaves home and goes to a hotel, and, and there, is a, there is a journey with multiple stages. And at any stage of the journey, we must ensure that uh, the set of measures, the set of practices of recommendations is the right one to minimize the risk. In the aircraft, what does it mean? That means that we must ensure, together with the airports and with the authorities, that the, the level, the risk that somebody comes in the aircraft being contaminated is as low as possible. Risk zero does not exist. We know it anywhere, in the street, in the, in the shops, and in an airport. But by taking temperature, uh, by ensuring that people have declarations, uh, you can ensure that the, the number of people boarding an aircraft uh, is very limited. Then, inside the aircraft, it's about, it's about having the adequate postures. The ones that are recommended have been recommended since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, cleaning hands when you board the aircraft, wearing a mask when you're seated next to each other, and finally wearing a mask at all. Sneezing, coughing in your elbow, all of these are the right measures that prevent uh, the risk of contamination, or at least bring it to a level which is very low and comparable or even lower than other environments we live in, in our daily life. So, for example, like going to a shop or, or walking down in a busy street or, or something like that, the, uh, the air here, uh, there may be people here, but, but it's refreshed every two to three minutes. We, yeah, we must bear in mind that we're in an environment where even if you sneeze, uh, and considering you sneeze with a mask and you sneeze in your elbow, even if you sneeze, uh, the air around you uh, is renewed every two to three minutes. So that means that particulates, that droplets, will be evacuated naturally. And uh, very quickly. And rather quickly. I mean, it's, when we say two to three minutes, you may consider that within a minute, there's nothing left around you. So that's, uh, is, in that way, it should reassure passengers that the environment in a cabin is really clean and safe. Yes, and we really stand for it. We don't want to to exaggerate our statements, but it's our duty. It's the duty of our engineers to care for the, for, the, for the health, for the safety of the aircraft, for the safety of the passengers. It is our basic duty. We, we've, we've been working like this uh, since Airbus is Airbus. Uh, and the health is part of the safety of, of our passengers. Uh, and it's, it's our natural duty. It has been, it is, and it will remain. Uh, Jean-Brice, you mentioned something about you know, wearing masks on board an aircraft. I wonder if we could... Uh take a seat and, uh, and demonstrate what it's like yeah, to wear a mask. And, um, and then uh, talk about a few more points. Uh, so we're putting on our masks and uh, let's sit down. So this is how we would be uh, typically flying as passengers. Why is it important to wear a mask? I mean, that, that's the best way for you to protect the others. It's, it's uh, I mean, that's what the mask is here for. You know that in, in some continents, uh, when people are sick, they wear masks. That's the, the common practice. 
And here, what we are just suggesting, like, like in any dense environment uh, in our cities, is that we, we uh, really wear the mask as a way to be responsible, to protect others, to protect other passengers. Uh, that means uh, you wear it in case you sneeze, you sneeze in your elbow, and the level of propagation of droplets is very limited by the effect of the max and by your posture. And as said, again, the air is blown around you. So this, the, any, any potential remaining droplets, which will be low quantity, will be over in a, in a minute or slightly more. Well, thank you very much for that explanation, uh, Jean-Brice. I think we can, uh, we can get up now and take our masks off. Um, we, we've talked about the, uh, the things that we can do uh, on board and how the ventilation works. Um, what other measures does Airbus recommend uh, for airlines and actually also aircraft manufacturers in the future to be able to for the, for, the, for, the, for the care and the, and the healthiness of, of passengers on board? Well, I think there are, there are many measures. And, and it's like, you know, we, when I, I compare, I often compare health to safety. Um, for the safety of the aircraft and the passengers, we always put several measures. The, res, the redundancy of our systems, the way the aircraft is designed, is made of uh, safety nets. And here, for the protection of health, it, it's the same. So uh, we've talked a lot about what happens during the flight. Uh, we can talk about the interflight, the turnaround when the aircraft is on ground. People might might wonder uh, what happens if somebody has had COVID uh, on a given seat. What will happen to the next person? So that uh, the recommendation here, and we are working hard with the airlines on that, is to have the, the level of um, cleaning and disinfection of the aircraft, which is at the highest standard. There were already interflight cleaning, but uh, it raises the bar. It shows the need to be extremely uh, careful with this particular risk in mind at the moment. Um, and we've seen things like uh, uh, agents, cleaning agents that can stay on the surfaces for five days and be efficient for five days, which would ensure a virus-free uh, surface for five days. Uh, there are questions of uh, cleaning with UVs, with UVC. Um, there are many different solutions. That's about the aircraft. And, and there's the airport. Because before uh, boarding and after deboarding, the passenger is in an airport. And in the airport, it's about the way to manage the flow of passengers, uh, the way to arrange the boarding sequence. And all of this needs to be tuned. You know, it, it could be compared to the post-9-11 uh, liquid, uh, liquid bags uh, that have become a standard practice. The airports, the security at the airport, uh, at the airports all around the world has changed. Uh, it will be the same. There will probably be uh, temporary measures, then more definitive one to ensure security and health. Well, thank you so much, Jean-Brice. Uh, as we approach uh, the summer in the Northern Hemisphere and people will uh, want to go back on planes and travel on vacation, um, I think uh, you've given some very reassuring words. So thank you very much for that. Before we end, uh, I'd just like to say that there's a video animation on Airbus's YouTube channel. Um, so you can go on there and uh, to learn a bit more about uh, the topics that we've discussed today. Um, time does really fly, so we're coming to an end, and uh, we hope you will be flying uh, soon as well. Thanks to Jean-Brice and Justin for that insightful look into cabin air movement. During the interview, they referred to airflow. Not easy to imagine listening to a podcast. So to see some great graphics that explain it visually, go to Airbus.com or our Airbus YouTube channel. That concludes this episode of We Make It Fly. If you've enjoyed it, 
Don't forget to subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on all social media channels and use the hashtag WeMakeItFly to get in touch. We love to get your feedback. Thanks for listening.